0: all covered now on Life Planning 101. First Monday in December. I can't believe it already. Welcome into Life Planning 101. Angela, you know what today means. Only 22 more days to Christmas. That's right. And what better way to kick off the Christmas season with a show about charitable gifting? wait a minute, can't talk until I get this out because I don't want people just to turn off the radio show because the reason I'm having this radio show today is because I've been confronted about two people in the last several months about why they don't give. It doesn't have anything to do with the fact that they don't want to give back. For the life, so we're gonna. We got a really interesting show. Now you can talk, Terry. It <laughs> is mean, the perfect time. I mean, it is you know, the perfect you know, time. Three weeks left to, to get there. A little over three weeks left to get this done. That's right. You know, I think even with my son, I I was. Um, talking to him and and we were talking about what we're doing over this year and we're adopting his uh, little brother and how important that is and you know we mentioned that we might not be here for Christmas we may be you know in Timbuktu so to speak and he was really concerned that Santa Claus wasn't going to be able to know where he was and so we talked about the fact of what Christmas was really all about and you know it's about the fact that Jesus came to us Obviously, um, and he was the greatest gift that we ever had, and the gift that we should give in return is our love for others. And you know, I truly believe that we work with an amazing set of families. We are just so blessed with the people that we get to work with. We call them the right fit people. You know, they have the same type of mindset. And I've yet to run into somebody that doesn't want to give back in life. You know, I found this wonderful quote. The meaning of life is to find your gift, but the purpose of life is to give it away and that was by Picasso right and I truly believe that most people feel that way they want to be able to give away but I was kind of taken back I I was talking with two uh, you know I would call them also friends clients this year and we were doing some legacy planning and we were talking about gifting because obviously that is a component of legacy planning and both of them blatantly said well I don't want to give any money to a charity and I kind of was taken back because I know these people and I know that their hearts are awesome. And the reason that they gave was quite astonishing to me as they thought, well, my money is going to be wasted. And so I asked, well, what do you think of when you think of a charity? And one of them answered, well, I think of like these big organizations that you get in the mail all the time, all this stuff, all these flyers, all this. And the other one answered, well, I just think of these organizations that are self-centered and they're really not doing anything for anybody. And so I got to thinking, I thought, well, what about your local charities? What about the things that are around you all day long or the things that you are involved in? And they weren't thinking of those as charities. And to further that information, I started looking up some statistics and here's what I found. Um, this was in 2011, but it was quite phenomenal. And it was done by Ken Stern on The Atlantic. It said the wealthiest people in the nation only give 1.3% of their income. The poorest give 3.2% of their income. So obviously, you know, percentage wise, that's that's giving a lot more. Here was the other statistics the 50 largest gifts that were given there were 34 that were educational so to institutions like colleges or universities or da 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 and there wasn't one that was to a social service charity they were all foundations arts things like this none of them were Mills on Wills or the Child Advocacy Center or things that, you know, are near and dear to your heart. So what does this tell you about charitable gifting? It told me that people don't really understand what charitable gifting is all about, you know, or what it really is. They hear charity and they really do think of these massive institutions out there. They aren't thinking about the needs of what's really in their backyard. So what I thought would be awesome for this show today is I'm going to give you, I did a ton of research and I want to give you some tools to be able to utilize, to know if who you're giving money to or who you would like to give money to is number one, a charity and number two, a good charity, you know, that's actually doing what you want them to do so that you can give back because I do believe, you know, I truly believe is like we talked about. It's not in, you know, receiving things. It's in giving things that we find our joy. And especially this holiday season, it's on everybody's mind, right? There's a, Guy with a ringer at the front door. How do you know if that Salvation Army is actually going back into your community and what's happening there? Um, You don't, right? So how can you find these things out? And that's what the show right here on Life Planning 101 is all about today. Segment two of Life Planning 101 continues right here on KTX KWI. Angela? Right. We're talking about charitable giving. You know, how do you know if a charity's legitimate? How do you know if it's even a charity to begin with? Because I think sometimes we think of charity, we only think of these big. Institutions, We don't think of what's in our backyard needing help like our local fire department. Uh, a lot of people forget that most of those are volunteer sure. or your hospital, you know, and a lot of these, you know, rural hospitals are having hard times keeping their doors open because, for example, in the state of Texas, they have to have an emergency room. Well, their emergency room is draining their costs. Okay, this is coming from firsthand information. So, you know, what are some things that you know you, you may be wanting to give back but you don't know how you didn't know that that was even an issue you didn't even know that that was a charity um, you didn't even know that you could get a write-off for that right and I think here's here's part of the problem so I'm why government's always part of the problem but it is the government thing so the First Amendment and this is an interesting thing you may not even have known this so the government is not allowed to mandate a charity spend a minimum percentage of their donations on bona fide charitable programs. Did you know that? All they have to do is prove that they're being charitable so they can spend less than 1%. Of their donations on bonafide charitable programs. Still be considered a charity. Right. This is where the corruption is. So I get this. I get why people are concerned. And on the other hand, you see people that don't even have a clue that there are any issues. And they're just forking out money to anybody and everybody that asks for it. And in reality, their money is getting wasted or, like you said, being paid to, you know, Million-dollar earning CEOs of an organization—that's horrible. So, what do you do about this? And I think the thing is, is that you've got to do a little homework. I—I I think giving comes from a passion, right? It comes from somewhere deep down inside of you. It isn't something that you just wake up one day and decide, "Well, I'm going to give to something," right? <laughs> Usually, there's a reason why you give to something. Um, march of dimes you know i know a lot of people that that is a deep down passion for them because they have had a family member that was born as a premature baby and needed that assistance and needed that research to be in place but people don't you know just come into having that passion for march to dimes without that kind of experience sure. right um the same with you know child advocacy or Mills on wheels or all these different things that are around our lives every day but all we think about is the you know doctors beyond borders or the uh unicef for the um you know things that come in our mail every day is as as the address uh Labels. That's exactly right. Yeah. And by the way, when you send those back, use your own, own envelope. You'll save the charity money because it charges like two or three times the normal right, right. Ch- yeah, postage price, which is crazy. But, you know, the thing is, is how do you start doing this? How do you start looking into what it is? You know, is it legit? What can you do? And I think a lot of people make the mistake. They, they immediately go to the IRS and see if something's a 501c3. Well, like I just mentioned, mm-hmm. Does that really matter if they only have to spend less than 1% of their, you know, money that they're receiving on actual charitable intentions? Right. No. It doesn't. So it feels like there's no transparency. But in reality, there is a lot of transparency with charities and you should do your homework and know who you're giving to, because even even if you have a passion for something and you're giving to an organization, it doesn't mean that you're giving to the right organization. And I'll give you an example of that. So my husband and I, we have a passion, obviously, for children that, you know, comes from a deep down desire and we were looking at two different organizations side by side and there's one that I won't touch with the 10-foot pole and it's not because they don't have the same mission but it's how they manage their finances what they actually do with that that money that they receive you know and I think that's really important to think about so I'm gonna give you some great tips first of all I want to talk about the taxes you can actually go to GuideStar, okay online go to GuideStar. it maintains all the information on 501 c3s which are basically just nonprofits and not-for-profit okay and there's something called, you write this down, a 990, unless you're driving. Um, I have to say my disclosure. Uh, let's, it's called a 990. And all nonprofits are required to file that 990 and make that available to the public. Well, what that 990 shows you is it shows you exactly what that organization's donations are being spent on, even the earnings for the top officers. Pretty easy, right? right? And all of them, ha- a legitimate charity has to do that. So go to GuideStar. It's the first check, right? Pretty easy to be able to see things. Um, another one of my favorites is actually going to Charity Navigator. And the reason I like Charity Navigator is because I'm a visual, and I'll just be blatantly honest that my first initiative is not to do all the research right up front. It's just to kind of look at a big picture well gives you that they've done a great job graphically on that website of being able to show you a pie chart of where things are spent you know it breaks down different things and it's just very easy to be able to look at now it's not going to be as detailed on that You know, 990 is like GuideStar is. So if you want to go deeper, you got to do that. But it's a great way to be able to just see that organization from a big picture level. The other issue with Charity Navigator is, you know, we talked about local charities. It's not on every local charity. You know, they've got like 8,000 and some odd charities on there, but that's not everything, right? You're probably not going to find your local Mills on Wheels chapter there, for example, You've got to do a little bit more homework than that. So, you know, when that's not available, one of the things I would say is pick up the phone and call somebody. Every charity has somebody that you can talk to and you can ask them some hard questions. And it's okay to ask them some hard questions, because here's the thing that I do know. I've um, been on a lot of boards over my lifetime. And even though I'm pretty young, uh, but um, you know, I've been on some boards, and I do realize that a lot of those board members don't get paid. And, you know, they're doing it out of the goodness of their heart. And those are specifically the smaller local charities. And so, you know, as long as you can agree from a core principle of what they're standing for and what they're using their dollars on, you know, I think those are where a lot of passions are found for people is to be able to get involved in a community of of some sorts. You know, with that being said, I, I also see um, I'm in the financial advising industry. So I, <laughs> I have a problem with a charity and inheriting a lump sum of money. And the reason I have a problem with this is you never know who's sitting on that board of directors at the time that that money was received. And if there is nobody on that board of directors that has ever handled that size of money before, they don't know how to handle that size of money and it could be wasted sure. and I think I share this with a lot of our clients concerns because as I'm talking to I'm realizing this is the same thing well who says you have to do a lump sum of money you don't you could set it up to be able to pay for a lifetime you could set it up so that your kids or your grandkids can where it goes they don't have to always go back to your church in case your church isn't what it used to be right you've got options there and i think people forget that when they're doing their charitable planning they just throw everything out the door because it can't be exactly how they would choose it and what they would do but what if it could be and that's big right yes so when we come back i've got some other great tips for donors you don't want to miss right here on life planning 101 Final segment, Life Planning 101, right here on KTix KWI. Angela, good stuff about charitable giving. Yes, it is. And, you know, we have um, this new thing called tax reform, if anybody's Never noticed. Talked about that, <laughs> Never talked about that, right? There's a lot to be said with what's going on in the charitable gifting world because itemized deductions, that's where you get your write-offs, right? That's doubled, so we've been looking at tax returns all year long and a lot of people are losing their itemized deductions which means their charitable deductions are no longer deductible So what do you do about that? Well, we've been planning around that so that we can gain back those charitable contributions. You know, in the break, we were just talking about a great family foundation tool that's minimal cost, minimal administration costs, is you can actually double up or do future giving in one year so that you can realize some of that deduction in one year. Also, um, we talked about these on the show before, but there's the qualified charitable distributions from your IRA. You could take hundred thousand, up to $100,000 out of your IRA and send it directly to the charity without any tax or even showing up on your tax return, right? It's pretty powerful. Yeah. Especially if you are over 70 and a half, you have to take a required minimum distribution. What about a charitable swap? What about doing your regular giving out of that and then you just put money back into a joint account or an individual account that can stay invested for your future, right? So there's all kinds of things that you can do around that. But the big thing is, is who should you give to? And that's really what we've been talking about on the show. Um, So I wanna give you two more resources that I thought were great. One was called Charity Watchdog and it rates charities on a specific criteria. So it has the donor's interest in mind and then it's going to kind of expose instances of abuse. <laughs> and it's really good. Again, it's kind of like Navigator, that not every charity's on there, especially your local ones. So you're gonna have a hard time with that, but it is good. It's really good, especially if you're going looking at a bigger charity. And the last is probably my favorite it's the Better Business Bureau's Wise Giving Alliance. And what I love about this is they have 20 standards that they've built. That they rate a, a charity on, an organization on. And if they don't meet all twenty of those standards, you probably want to look elsewhere because these are like big standards. For instance, are they spending at least sixty five percent of their expenses on program activities, right? Um No more than ten percent is compensation to a board member right? (laughs) No conflicts of interest, or if there are conflicts of interest, they only make up a X percent and it's, it's very small. So they have some really, really good stuff. So I love, 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 love that one. And you're going to be able to find basically it's a better business bureau, right? right? So you should be able to find anybody on there. But again, I can't stress enough how important it is to actually pick up the phone and talk to somebody. If you're thinking about giving. And I think one of the reasons why is You're going to learn a lot about an organization's culture just by who is helping them, because actually they're the ones making decisions, right? So example, asking how much of their donations go towards the program costs. If someone tells you 100%. I don't think that's true. Is that even possible right. to do that? Right. You have to hire people. You have to. There's some admin expenses with the charity that are admin expenses sure. no matter what. And so, you know, make sure that you're investigating when something sounds too good to be true. Right. Just the basic uh, paying an accountant take care of exactly tax returns that 990 that's exactly right so you know and i think when in doubt if you really want to be helpful think about gifts of things rather than money too you can still write those off, you know, if you're itemizing your deductions, a lot of you know. Take places, take cars. Yeah, food, clothing, cars, um, rental houses, yeah. whatever. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can do that are outside the box that, you know, I think um, put people at ease. And, I, you know, I, I think about this a lot with churches because, and I, I go to a church, and if my church is listening, they're going to kill me. But I think about this a lot with churches. Churches is that boards have and flow, right? Sometimes you've got a great momentous board that is making huge changes, Sometimes you have a board that is peddling backwards right. and you get frustrated as sure. a member of that church and where your money is going. So don't forget about things because it doesn't mean that you can't still help your church. You can't still help in the direction you want to see it go. But you don't necessarily have to hand out cash to be able to do that if you disagree with something. Right. right. And I think that's powerful. So, you know, the big thing is do your homework on all of this. Protect your information. Right. When you do give, make sure you're not texting your credit card information. <laughs> you know, make sure things are legitimate. You you ask for how they're handling security, because that is a big thing. And, you know, I think the, the thing to remember is that the happiest people aren't those that are getting more, but those that are giving more. And we all want to do that. We just have to find a way to be able to do it and be comfortable knowing that what we intended is actually what's going to occur. Services Incorporated is an independent of Calton and Associates Incorporated and Smart Money Group, LLC.